You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And uh, during this study, we will be focusing on Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which is where the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of renewing your mind. And so let's go ahead and pick up the text, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, this passage lays out this process of sanctification. Now, I want to say something very important here. The redemptive work of Christ, what Christ did to redeem us from death and sin, brought about the possibility of an amazing rebirth, something that only God could do. But it also initiated an ongoing restoration that only we can do. Now, as with all of God's works, and you see this from the very beginning, as God works with man, there are things that He alone does. Only He can do it. But there are other things that are our responsibility, and you see it from the very outset. For instance, in Genesis chapter 2, we read how God created all of the animals, but He brought those animals to Adam and gave Adam the responsibility and the authority to name them. And so the animals were named by Adam, but God created the animals. We see uh, the saving of the world with the flood and Noah's ark. God brought the flood, but Noah had to build the ark. And spent a hundred years doing that. So there was a Godward side and a manward side. Then you see, uh, as Jesus began his ministry, his first miracle, which is in John chapter 2, where he turned water into wine at Cana. But the water had to be drawn and put into the water pots. About 180 gallons or so of that happened. And so Jesus did something, but the servants had to do something as well. And I could go on and on and on and on and on to show you this amazing partnership between God and man. Now, the partnership extends to our sanctification, this process of becoming like Christ, being more like Him in our daily walk with God. That is something that we are responsible for. When we come to faith in Christ and receive Jesus, that is something that God does. Now... What God does is perfect. And when a baby is born, he if he's got all of his parts and so forth, he is born perfectly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the baby is mature. Just because he's perfect doesn't mean he's mature. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says this, New King James, "...as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word," that you may grow thereby. Babies, although perfect, still have to develop to full maturity. So when you're born again, you get a new spirit that's infantile. It's baby. 
It's got all the right stuff. It just needs to grow into maturity. We would never accuse a crawling baby of not being fully human. And we would be concerned if a human was still crawling at age 20. You should have been further along in the, by this time. So what I want to show you is that we have a responsibility for that growth. And here it is in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading with verse 1, and I'll go to verse 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, what God did in His mercy is something that enables you to do what I'm about to tell you to do. Well, the mercy of God was the cross and the resurrection. So by the mercy of God, there was a change that took place in us. Now we are capable of doing something in view of the mercies of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, in the Old Testament law, they killed the sacrifices. And it was a good picture of what we do in the New Testament. We have a living sacrifice. We don't kill our bodies, but we kill the lust. Now, I want to explain what the lust is for just a moment. Lust is an out-of-control desire. Satan can only tempt you where you have a desire. I've never had a temptation to rob a bank. I have no desire to rob a bank. When I go into a bank, I don't have to resist the temptation to rob that bank. I never go in under my breath saying quietly, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not steal, or will not rob this bank. Never had that temptation. I've had temptations, all right, but not the temptation to rob a bank. I can only be tempted where I have a desire. So a desire that is out of bounds God gave sex to the human race. Now, the devil doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think that he's the one who came up with sex because uh, when sex is put in your face, it's, it's from the devil, the way that he does it. He doesn't tell you that the most beautiful sex and the most satisfying sex statistically is from monogamous partners, man and woman, who have been with each other. They're the ones who report the greatest, highest levels of sexual satisfaction. In fact, the people who register the lowest levels of sexual satisfaction are those who have multiple partners. And so you see that in study after study after study. It has been proven time and again. And those studies have uh, been done over periods of decades. And, so, and it hasn't changed. And so what I want you to see is that Satan uses desires that start out as legit. Gluttony is another one where people overeat. Nothing wrong with the desire for food. God created food so that we could not only give ourselves nourishment, so that we can enjoy our meals. And so God did that. But when you desire too much, it becomes a problem. That's what lust is. Lust is a desire expressed outside the boundaries of God's direction. And so when God says, you stop your bodies from doing everything they want to do, in effect, you are creating a living sacrifice. Now, that wasn't said to any of the Old Testament saints. 
what they had to do was offer the animals. And they did that as a picture of what we would do in the New Testament. But they did not have the same strength of spirit in them to control their bodies, not like what we do, because they were not yet born again with that new creation spirit inside. Now, let's read verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't act like the world. There are a lot of born-again believers who act just like the worldly people around them. They've not been transformed by the renewing of the mind. And as a result, they have not proven what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, they're not living fully in God's will. And there are levels of God's will where it is good, better, and best. And that's what we grow toward. So there is no instruction anywhere in Scripture as to the changing of your spirit. You have to change your spirit. You've got to work on your spirit to change your spirit. There's, here in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says you've got to do something with your body, you've got to do something with your mind. But it is God who does something with your spirit. Now let me show you where this is written. This is in the book of John. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered, he said to him, most assuredly, I remember in Sunday school when I was a little kid, and I didn't go much, but I do remember hearing that teacher say, verily, verily. And that stuck in me. I always remembered, verily, verily. I knew in the Bible that the words verily, verily appeared a lot. And I knew that it was Jesus who said it. Verily, verily, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To see it means to be a part of it and to live by it and to be affected by it. Nicodemus, the one that Jesus spoke to, said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now that's a silly question. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, or most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now the word water here is a symbol. It is not literal water. He's not talking about baptism. He is talking about the Word. It is the Word that regenerates us, that changes us. A work of the Word and the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that more and show you the Scripture for it. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So he's saying that if you need to be born again spiritually, going into your mother's womb isn't going to do you a bit of good. That, that, that's where your flesh came from. This is a rebirth of the Spirit made possible only by the Holy Spirit. So he says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Then he said something that a lot of people do not quite understand. In verse 8, he said, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What in the world is Jesus saying here? He's saying you cannot see the wind. And so you cannot see anybody being born again. You can't see it then he is saying you can see the effect of the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see its effect. He's saying you can't see the new birth, but you can see its effect. That's what Jesus is saying. So the new birth ought to affect your life, but it affects you even more 
if you learn how to present your body a living sacrifice, and along with that, you have to renew your mind. In fact, you can't present your body as a living sacrifice if you do not learn how to renew your mind. Well, we're going to talk about this at length and lay it all out and show you the process by which the mind is renewed. We'll pick up with this tomorrow. I hope you'll join me then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.